Well, good morning. Uh, did you have fun trick-or-treating last night? Yeah? You're not too old. It's okay to go out there. Uh, our kids last night went out trick-or-treating and had a great time. Uh, our kids were transformed from Will and Ella Grace and Emma into Aubie, uh, Evie, and Hello Kitty. And uh, I'm sure, like you, you had lots of characters coming to your door. I think the prize goes to the McBride family. Mark was this killer thing from Star Wars. If you didn't see that, look it up on Facebook later. But uh, last night was a lot of fun. I hope it was for you and your family, too, as we went out into the neighborhoods and saw all these kids transformed into different creatures and characters. It's a night when everyone kind of took on a different name, right? And kind of a a neat night. If you If you didn't know, if you haven't been around for a few weeks, I want to catch you up real quick. We're in this series called Carry Your Name. And uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that um, how we carry, the name we carry matters. And so we talked about the name of Jesus and how significant that is and the name, how we carry that name and that we should carry it well. Then last week, we talked about God has a name and his name is Yahweh. And I appreciate Jeff's prayer calling God by name this morning. Thank you for that, man. Um, and today we want to talk about your name. And so if you, if you got a name tag like I did, I hope you wrote your name down and, and put your name on the name tag. I promise we won't do this every week. Um, I did this today because my parents are in town and I wanted them to think I had all of your names memorized. And so I can call you by name now and not pretend. No, I'm kidding. They are in town this, uh, this morning. Hope you get a chance to, to see them afterwards. But uh, it's going to be a great day as we think about uh, the name that you wear and the name that you carry and the name that you're called by. Your first name, if it's like my first name, is, it's your given name, right? It's the name that uh, your parents gave you when you were born, and it's what you're called. And then your last name is, is your family name. It's the name you were born into, the family you were born into. Um, and it's also the name that you wear, carry, unless, of course, um, you're a female. And when you got married, you assumed uh, your husband's last name. That doesn't always happen, but it happens a lot of times. I remember when uh, I first met Alicia, and she's not in here yet, so I can tell the story. Um, when I first met Alicia, uh, her last name was Pennington, and uh, she didn't know oh, there she is. Shoot, I didn't. I didn't tell the story fast enough. Ugh. We need the drop off for kids' worship to go a little longer, Matt and Rhonda. When we first met, uh, her last name was Pennington, and, and I, I, as the story goes, or at least as she tells me, she was hoping that when she met Mr. Wright, that when she met her future husband, he would have a, a short last name, uh, a name that with a letter that started maybe earlier in the alphabet than P for Pennington. And I think for like the first several days, maybe even weeks, like she didn't know my last name. Like it hadn't come up or maybe it didn't, she forgot. She didn't know what it was. And so you can can imagine her sheer and utter disappointment when she found out my last name was Trevathan. And she went from Pennington, which is fairly easy to say and write and understand, to Trevathan, which no one says right, no one can spell. And uh, and it's the last letter of the alphabet just about. Uh, Names matter and the names that we carry matter. But if you take on a different name, it does change to one degree or another, your identity, right? And so when Alicia and I got married and she took on my last name in in a very simple but yet profound way, her identity, it changed. Uh, She became, uh, in in one sense, a bit of a new new person. And that's what happens when our name changes. I've I've had friends and, and even students who have who've gone to college and they, they've decided to change their name when they got to college. And so maybe, maybe their name was, was John, but in college they went by John Mark. They went by like their first and middle name. It was a chance to, to, to have a new start, to have a fresh name. And I think all of us understand what this is like. Sometimes it's nice to have a bit of a fresh start, right? Sometimes it's nice to, to have a chance to start over and to maybe have a bit of a new name because the truth is, Most of the people I meet, 
They're not living out of their given name. They're not even necessarily living out of their family name. Most of the people I know and most of the people that I meet, and this is probably true for you too, they're living lives out of the identities of names that they have assumed. Names that maybe they've collected and gathered because it's what people have called them or it's the way that they feel or it's the way that they've been made to feel. And what happens over time is you begin to live out a life out of an identity of a name that you carry that was never the name that you were meant to carry. So this morning I've got three friends, uh, new friends who are going to help me, Peyton, Christopher, and Abby. If you guys would come up on stage real quick. And these guys are going to help me real quick. If you didn't know, I was really blessed to be in RSM this morning. Uh Uh-oh, did we lose Peyton? Did she chicken out? Oh, she's on this side. What are you doing? Messing with me? Y'all come up here in front of everything so we can see real good. Um, Yeah, I know, this is crazy. I promise I wouldn't embarrass them too much except for Peyton. But um, what I want these guys to do this morning is represent for us uh, some of the names that we wear and some of the names that we carry and some of the identities that we live out of. And the reason this is so important is because how you carry the name you carry matters, okay? How we carry the name Jesus matters. And the fact that God has a name really matters. But the truth is, your name matters too. And how you carry your name and how the identity you live out of, it really matters. It makes a difference. And more often than not, the, the, the lives that we live come out of the identities that we assume. And they were never, they were never meant to be the names that we were born and we were blessed carry. And so we live name, out names like this. Hello, my name is Failure. Ever feel this way? I know a ton of people who walk around and they wear the name Failure. Or maybe they name, wear a name like this, Frustrated. If someone was going to identify you this morning, is that how they would define you? Or maybe you feel this way. Hello, my name is, if I can get it off, Alone. And they walk around and they feel like no one cares. They feel like they're all by themselves. Or maybe this, hello, my name, my name is tired. I'm just worn out. I'm weary. Or my name is weak. I've got nothing left. Running on fumes. Maybe you wear this name. I'm just lost. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. Maybe you wear this name, outcast. That's how you feel. You feel like you're on the edges and the fringes of life and no one knows and no one cares. And so you feel really, really lonely. Or maybe you just feel like a misfit. Maybe you walked in this morning and you feel judged. In fact, you haven't been to church in a long time because when you walk into a place like this, this is how you feel. You feel judged. Some people may call you this, unintelligent. Or maybe even this, it's worse, unneeded. Maybe you just feel altogether unnecessary. Or like, truthfully, expendable. If I didn't show up, nobody would care. Maybe you wear a name like this, limited. People have said that you're just not enough. Or maybe it's this, coward. Maybe you're in a room this size this morning And although it's filled with people, you feel like you're completely unnoticed. Or maybe you've worn a name like this. People have told you, 
You're annoying. Maybe your name is Proud. And everybody knows it. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're always worried. Or the truth is, this morning, you walk in the room and you put on a good face, but your name is anxious. Maybe your name is failure. Maybe your name is depressed. Maybe this is the name that you carry, perpetual sinner. Or maybe your name is someone who always does the wrong thing. Or we can just sum it up with this. Hello, my name is Unloved. I may or may not have said your name this morning, but chances are I hit, I hit a couple of us. And if the truth was told this morning, these represent the names that we carry and the identities that we live out of every day. And truthfully, some of these names aren't inherently sinful. Some of these names are inherently evil. But all of these names lack the faith and the confidence and the hope that we are to have as people who carry the name of Christ. And this matters because your name matters. And you will never be who God called you to be and who God designed you to be and who God desires you to be if you're living out the reality of these names. Thank you, guys. You're going to have a seat. Yeah. And don't worry, I'm going to call them back up and redeem that later. There's nothing worse to teenagers than calling them all of those things and saying, see you later. Um, why do we do that? Why do, we, why do we walk around carrying these names? You know it's true. We do this. Why do you do that? Why, why are we so bent every day on carrying around these names that... If truth be told, they're probably given to us by the enemy. In fact, this may be one of Satan's most sly tricks. It's not to, to, to trap us into some kind of sin. It's not to lead us into some kind of temptation. It's purely to change our name on a fundamental DNA core level and get us to live out the reality of that name. This may be one of his most effective weapons against us. I don't know exactly why we do this, but I got a couple of thoughts. I think one thing is true. I think, I think we believe in God. We believe in God. But I think sometimes we fail to believe God. The fact that you're even here this morning, it tells me something about you. It tells me that on some level, somehow, some way, you believe in God. You believe there is a God. You believe God exists. And you've come here this morning to on some level interact with him, encounter him, worship him, experience him. I don't know. But because you're here, it tells me that at least in some way, no matter who you are, you probably have some kind of fundamental faith or belief in God. But the question remains, do you believe him? You can believe in him and not believe him. You can believe in him and not believe he cares for you. Not believe he's aware of your situation. Not believe he's for you. Not believe the things that he said in his word are true. Because the fact is, if you not only believed in God, but if you believe God and what he said is true, it changes literally everything. We believe in God, but we fail to believe him. We fail to take him at his word. Or maybe this, maybe not just that you fail to believe in God, but maybe you spend more time 
in the world than you spend in the word. This is one of the reasons I think we struggle to live out the identity God has called us to live. We spend way more time in the world than we ever do in the word. I love that Jim Rohn says that you are, um, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You like that? So just think about that for a minute. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If that's true, and I think it could be, then um, one of those people needs to be Jesus, okay? Uh, this is one of the reasons that I'm so excited that Riverside is passionate about discipleship because being a disciple of Jesus means that you spend time with Jesus. And if he's one of those five people you spend time with, then chances are you're gonna look more like him than not. And this is one of the reasons I'm a big believer that every day you should be reading the red letters in your Bible. Because if you're not reading the words of Jesus, then you'll never know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you can't follow Jesus and you can't be like Jesus. The truth is, if you look at your average day, you probably spend way more time in the world than in the word. But I think this is also true. I think we have failed each other as we felt each other as a community of faith. And this is where we have to kind of just be real for a minute. This is at least true for me. I'm not at liberty to share the story this morning, but I can tell you that I've been a part of a group and maybe you've been a part of a group like this before, a group of, of guys, a group of people whose who's really purpose in gathering together was to make each other stronger and make each other better. And then when one of the guys in that group had a major struggle and problem in his life, my immediate regret was that we did not go deeper sooner with each other. Because what we are called to do as a community of faith is to have the permission to speak into each other's lives, to make each other better, to hold each other accountable and to love each other enough to say what needs to be said that nobody else can say, not out of anger or spite, but out of a deep desire and love for each other. Do you have people in your life who have permission to speak into your life? See, for a lot of us, I think we failed each other as a community of faith. And so it makes it really easy to live out of these false identities and these false names. Here's the good news. Yahweh, our God, is a God who changes names. Throughout scripture, you'll see this. On occasion, he'll, he'll come up to someone and he will, he will literally give them a new name. He will change their name. And anytime he changes the name of any person in scripture, it's always to give them a new identity, a new direction, and a new purpose in life. That's what happens when you encounter God and he changes your name. One of the first times we see this is when, is when Yahweh interacts with this guy named Abram in scripture, all the way back in Genesis. And just to catch you up on the story, God has made a promise to Abram that uh, he's going to make him the father of many nations. He's going to give him children. But at this point in life, he's 99 years old. He hasn't had a child yet. It's not looking good, right? It's not looking good. Abram has not had a child yet, and he doesn't know what to do. Um, in fact, his name, the name Abram, literally means exalted father. Now, can you imagine how embarrassed and how ashamed and how grief-stricken it had to be for Abram every day to wake up and to realize what his name was, to hear people call him Abram. Hey, come here, Abram. And every time to hear his name over and over and over again, knowing his name means exalted father, yet he has no children to call his own. It, daily, it's a struggle for this man. And he's received a promise from God, and he's waited on God, but nothing's happened. Nothing's come from God. And so Abram does what a lot of us do when he gets tired of waiting on God. He tries to work things out for God. You ever done this? In fact, let's just take a time out. What is it you're waiting on God for right now? And are you content to wait? Or are you going to try to work things out for God? 
You see, waiting on God, and this is where your faith is forged. This is where your trust is tested. This is where prayers are heard. And when you wait on God, this is where power comes to wait on him for the next thing and the next thing and for the future. But if you never wait on him, if you do it all yourself, you know, our temptation is we can fix it. I can send three emails and make four phone calls and I can, I can remedy the situation. But what if you were to push pause on all of your plans and just wait on Yahweh to intervene and intercede on your behalf? Like a lot of us, Abram couldn't do that. And so he and Sarah formed a plan and tried to make things happen, but it didn't work out so well. And after waiting year after year for God to give them a child, I want you to hear what, well, just listen to this conversation that Yahweh has with Abram. It's a fascinating conversation. Genesis 17 says this. When Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life and I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. He's 99 years old, by the way. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground and then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham for you will be the father of many nations and I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. Abram becomes Abraham. Exalted father becomes the father of many nations. And we know that this promise came true that God fulfilled what he said he would do because some thousands of years later, we are still talking about Abraham, the father of many nations. You see, when you wait on God, Yahweh, he always comes through. He always comes through. And when you let God work, he may even work in such a way that it'll change your name. And this morning, maybe, maybe that's exactly what you need this morning. Maybe this morning you have felt like you wore all those names we just talked about. And you feel like, man, that's what I need. I need God to give me a new name. I need Yahweh to encounter me and give me a new name. And what I want to tell you is that he will. In fact, a few years later, through the prophet Isaiah, God said this. And just imagine if you've ever felt like a failure, if you've ever felt abandoned or neglected or unforgiven or unloved, this is the way the people of God felt at one time. And God spoke these words through Isaiah. He says, you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. No longer will they call you deserted or name your lands desolate. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. For Yahweh will take great delight in you and will claim you as his bride. Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Our God is a God who is a giver of new names. And this morning, if you're carrying one of those names that's just heavy on your life and on your heart, if you're carrying one of those names that has defined your life at this point and it's not the definition you want, I want you to know our God is a God who changes names. But maybe this morning you're not even wondering if God can change your name. You're wondering if God even knows your name. You're wondering if God is even aware of your existence and cares about your reality. And Isaiah, God said this again through Isaiah. I love this from, from Isaiah 49. The question is, has God forgotten you? Has God forgotten me? And Yahweh says, never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms 
of my hands. If you've ever wondered if God knows your name, this may be the most powerful truth about you, that you are known on an intimate level by the God of the universe, that Yahweh knows you and knows your name. He knows how many hairs are on your head or not on your head. He knows what you had for breakfast this morning and he knows what's gonna happen when you go to sleep tonight. He knows your family situation. He knows your deepest, darkest struggle. He knows every single thing there is to know about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your name. He is a good, good father. And Yahweh, right now, in this moment, he knows your name. these guys this morning, you've carried around these names alone and needed 
lost, annoying, frustrated, weak, misfit, failure, proud, judged, all of these names. All of these names represents names that we carry. All of these names represent realities that we live out of every day. But I want these guys to know and I want you to know that Yahweh longs to change your name. And what I want to do just for the next minute is to share with you all the names, all the ways that God talks about you, all the ways that God speaks of his sons and his daughters, all the names that he has given us in scripture. So you're not a failure. You are Christ's friend. You are united with the Lord. You are a member of Christ's body. You are complete in Christ. You are redeemed and forgiven of all of your sins. You are a citizen of heaven. You cannot be separated from the love of God. You can be assured that all things work together for good. That you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That you can find grace and mercy in your time of need. That you are absolutely free from condemnation. That you are born of God and the evil one cannot touch you. That you are salt and light on the earth. That you are a personal witness of Christ. That you are God's temple. You are God's co-worker. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. You are God's workmanship. And you may approach God with freedom and confidence. And you can do anything, all things, through Christ who strengthens you. This is who you are. Church, this is who you are. This is who we are as people who carry the name. And your name matters. Because your name tells a story. And the story your name tells reflects the name you carry. So what story are you telling? What name are you carrying? What reality are you living out of? Man, I want you to know your name. I want, I want your name to, de- to be defined by the word and not by the world. I want your name to reflect the community of faith around you that's transforming you into the image of Jesus Christ because your name matters. Your name matters. And how you carry your name matters. And this morning, if you've been carrying these names, I would invite you to lay them down and to pick up the name above every other name and to carry that name. When we carry that name, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to regret. And we have everything to look forward to. We have everything to hope in. This is the name that we carry. If you would, let's stand together and let's worship him this morning.